Welcome to the BJU Press Teacher Edition Podcast, where Christian educators are encouraged and inspired as we bring you interviews, practical ideas, strategies, and answer your questions about teaching in today's culture. And here's your host, Jenny Copeland. Sometimes we get in our minds that something is great, or maybe in our minds something is a failure, just totally unsuccessful. And then we get feedback and we realize that our thinking was off. That feedback from outside of ourselves can be so helpful. And you know, teaching is no different. It can be so helpful to hear from our students themselves to hear how they learn, how they're impacted, what their fears are, and so many other topics. And we're going to do just that on today's episode of the Teacher Edition podcast. So welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I know there are so many other podcasts you could have chosen to listen to, but we are so glad you've joined in today. Thank you also to those who have subscribed to the show and to those who have gone on our website and recorded a question. That's fantastic. And we appreciate your part in the show and in our mission to encourage and uplift Christian educators. For those of you who have just heard that or you want to get in on the fun, here's how. Go to our website, teachereditionpodcast.com. This is where you can leave questions and send us your stories. We're also on Facebook as Teacher Edition Podcast, and you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Teacher Edition Pod. Once again, that's Teacher Edition Pod. And just a quick plug for ratings and reviews. So if you are enjoying the Teacher Edition Podcast, take a minute and leave a positive rating or review. That is helpful for us to receive that feedback, but it also helps others to find the show as well. We appreciate your feedback, so thank you to those who have already taken a minute to do that for us. So I'm excited to welcome Jonas and Ivy to the podcast today. Both Jonas and Ivy are in high school. Ivy's in ninth grade and Jonas is a senior. These are two top-notch students, so I've had the opportunity to know them both for a number of years, and I'm really excited that we get to share this conversation together today. So welcome to the show. Thank Thank you you. for having us. Thank you for inviting us. Absolutely. So I invited Jonas and Ivy to be on the show because I believe that they have some great insights to share with us. As educators, we can spend a lot of time learning from books or articles or webinars, but how often do we really stop and learn from our students? I know personally, I have had the experience of a lesson being, well, thinking my lesson was fantastic, only to find out from the students that it really wasn't that great after all. Or really on the flip side, thinking that an activity or special motivation was just a flop, only to hear the students still talking about it at the end of the year. So as we hear from a number of teachers and other educational professionals on this podcast, I also want to take time to hear from students as well. So these may not be your students as a listener, but hopefully we can hear trends and see themes that are widely applicable in what they share today. And maybe we could even be motivated to have more meaningful feedback conversations with our students. So Jonas and Ivy, let's start with some basics to get you to know you better. Tell me about your favorite subjects in school and tell me why they're your favorite. For me, it would be science. I just really enjoy learning about it, especially physics and chemistry. Just really interests me. I don't think there's a specific part of it or reason. It's just I enjoy learning about it and seeing what it does, especially physics, when it comes to, you know, everyday objects and what you can do with them. Fantastic. Ivy? This past year, I really enjoyed history, and that's probably mostly because of the teacher, because a lot of times history is hard to enjoy, but I also had a very good teacher um, who made it a lot more fun and interactive. 
But overall, I probably like English because I've never really struggled with it. And it's pretty enjoyable for me. Okay, so tell me this. Have those always been your favorite subjects? Or is this something new? English has probably always been like a favorite. Like I've looked forward to it because I don't struggle with it. And I enjoy learning about it and being able to like answer all the questions. History, definitely not. It became a like favorite last year just because of the teacher, though. Interesting. Jonas, what about you? I would say for me, it's been between history and science just over the years. Some years it was history, some it was science. It's mainly been science now. History, definitely, because I, I like learning about wars and especially strategies. It's just stuff that's interests me, tacticians and how they think through a battle. That part of history is definitely what's interested me the most. That's fantastic. So we often ask little students, what do you want to be when you grow up? And that's a fun question. But you all are, you're moving quickly to the end of your high school career. So do you have some careers in mind or what are you thinking about studying as you move out of high school? I'm planning to go into aerospace engineering. That's what I want to study. So, I mean, it helps that I enjoy physics and enjoy math. I would say, yeah, that's right along those lines. I would hope to move from uh, an aerospace engineer and build on that and start studying astrophysics and rocket science. You move into a field dealing with that. Wow. And someday I'm going to say, I knew Jonas when. So this is, this is big to find this out. Thank you, Jonas. Ivy, what are you thinking about? I'm not sure yet because I've, there's like a lot of options, but I also have to think about going to college. A lot of colleges these days are so expensive for such a uh, like medium amount of education or just not great quality. So it's a lot to think about for me right now. I'm just trying to get through my first year of high school. Yeah, that's okay. Those are decisions you don't have to make right now. It's great you're even thinking that way. That's super. So let's jump back into school. So we all have our days when school can be frustrating or challenging. Even teachers have those, the secret's out. But what would you say, what's your typical attitude towards school? Do you usually like school? Do you not like school? What's your take on school? Oh, I love school. I mean, in elementary school, I hated it. Like, it was terrible. But the more it went and the more friends I made, which is a big part of why I enjoy it, uh, the more I started to actually get interested in subjects and what I was learning. And it's fun to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with a teacher out of school, after school, or even during the summer if you run into them and just be able to talk about a certain subject or a certain thing you're interested in. For me, this past year, I really enjoyed going to school. I was in eighth grade, so... We had ended up having our own building and I, all of my teachers were really great and I was able to become like close with all of them. And I also had a specific teacher who really tried to change everyone's view on school and like the stuff we did there. And everyone just had so much more fun being together. And I was really able to grow closer with the kids in my grade, which I wasn't able to do before when I was in a building with other grades. So now my view on school is just like really positive for the most part and looking forward to being, being able to learn something new and like growing closer with my friends. That's excellent. So I hear a strong social aspect there, getting to know your teachers and your friends. That makes sense. So let's do the flip side. What would make you not like school? I would not like it if there were no other people. Like for me, when COVID happened, we homeschooled for a year. So that was my freshman year. And 
I didn't have any friends to talk to and I didn't have anyone to talk to. I'm, I'm a pretty social person. So having ha, with being not doing school without friends or a physical teacher, just I would hate it. Absolutely. Makes sense. What do you think, Ivy? Um, definitely like I can be more of an introvert. So in sixth grade, I homeschooled. I didn't struggle too much with that. I was satisfied with being in my room. But going back in seventh grade, being surrounded by so many people, it was hard for me. And then eighth grade, I got used to it. And I had like people in my life supporting me to be more like outgoing and like speak up. And I kind of like found a new part of myself that I had it before where like I enjoy speaking like in front of people now. I enjoy doing presentations and I'm like pretty good at it. So it's kind of hard for me to like imagine a bad day at school because honestly, like I couldn't really name one from like the last year. It's just like anyone who doesn't feel accepted or a teacher who doesn't take any nonsense, like kids are going to mess up sometimes and they're going to want to have to like let loose. And my teachers in eighth grade let that happen occasionally. And that really let us enjoy them more and want to go. So just like letting kids like go free for a little bit or like going outside to play volleyball when there's like five minutes of lunch left, stuff like that. It'll just make it more enjoyable and not make it feel so strict and confined. Those are great insights. Very, very interesting. Okay, so you mentioned some classes that you really like. Let's talk about classes in general. When you are learning something really hard, really confusing, which, well, since you both love school and you've pointed out you have so many favorite classes, maybe you don't have too many things that are hard or confusing, but let's say you did. What is the best thing a teacher could do to come alongside and help you understand and learn that concept? For me, it would be like focusing directly on me and drawing it out on a whiteboard or like visually showing it to me because then it'll help me remember it. If they just say words, it kind of like goes in one ear and out the other for me. It's better if while a teacher is teaching, they go to their whiteboard and they draw a visual or like attempt to draw a visual, even if it looks bad of what they're saying, because that's going to be easier for me to remember than their words because they say so many words in 50 minutes. Yeah. Visuals definitely help. Jonas, what do you think? For me, it helps if a teacher is able to recognize that I may not be quite getting something because maybe I didn't give an answer or I haven't been raising my hand or I have a confused look on my face. And either they asked me a question and I, you know, from there we kind of figure out what I'm not getting. Or if after class they asked me if I was understanding everything okay and then we can have like a one-on-one conversation about it. Also, something for like teachers to think about Some kids aren't going to feel confident enough to raise their hand and ask a question. So even the teachers, they need to be so attentive because a lot of kids will show it on their face if they're very confused or they'll like ask the person next to them. And it'll be so much better if the teacher just goes to them and says, do you need help with this? And the kid will be able to tell them one on one and be like, yes, can you explain this? And that'll help a lot. Yeah, not everybody feels comfortable pointing out that they're not getting it. So I think you're right on. It's so helpful when teachers recognize that and can bring up the topic instead of waiting on the, you know, the student to do that. So kind of tied in with that, what would you say are some of your favorite ways to learn? So I know students who just want to say it over and over. They walk around saying it or they listen to it. They use colors or songs. I know when I was in school, I used to color code things. I would get all kinds of gel pens. You know, you all have to have gel pens, right? 
and I would use half sheets of paper and I would just color code things. And in my mind, I could remember where those colors were. What about you guys? How do you learn? What's helpful? I'm definitely a visual learner. I can learn decently well without visuals, but it gets old quickly for me. And having a visual or being able to maybe doodle a visual on my notes based off what they're talking about, which some teachers like, especially in elementary school, they were like, no doodling in your notes, which was kind of annoying, at least for me. It, it helps and makes it way more enjoyable and a lot easier for me to grasp if I can draw something or the teacher's drawing something. Yeah, for me, it would be a visual learner. I had earth science last year and it was a much harder class, but it was honestly like one of my favorite classes also mostly because of the teacher. What he would do is he would draw something on the whiteboard that went with what he was talking about. And I, it would be such a simple drawing that we could all copy it down on our notes and go back on that when we're looking at our notes. It'll be like, oh, I remember this. And then you can kind of put together what he said while he was drawing that. And also just like activities, my history teacher, he would have so many activities planned for us, like before tests, after tests, just like halfway through the class, we would like all get up and do some type of activity. And doing that and like physically doing it is going to help you remember um, when you go take the test, like, oh, I remember doing this or I remember this happened while I was answering this question. I know that's what it is. So my next question was going to be, would you rather listen or do? And I'm guessing both of you would say do. Is that correct? De definitely do, uh, especially with like labs and science class or as we said, you know, doodling, visual learning related things. At least for me, definitely do. That interactivity just really helps us remember what we're doing and obviously makes it more enjoyable, more engaging. So you've mentioned a few things, but can you think of any other things that your maybe some favorite things that your teachers have done to make learning fun? You kind of generically mentioned some activities and getting up and doing things. Is there anything else that you could share that our listeners would be like, oh, wow, that's a great idea that that teacher used? I would say in English class, and this is probably the only time I've actually enjoyed English class is we would do like debates and Socratic seminar type things or philosophical chairs where we'd ask a question and then we go to one side of the room, you either agree, you disagree, or you stand for this or you stand for that. And then we would have a debate. And I remember uh, junior English, there was one day where that's all we did is just a bunch of these questions. And I think that was, that, that was a lot of fun, fun activity to learn things because it was topics relative to the class. That reminds me of one thing that my history teacher did is we would do stand up speak up where instead of just raising your head, raising your hand like every other class, you would instead stand up and whoever stood up first to answer the question, it's kind of like a competition would get to answer it. And he would do that or sometimes we'd go on different side of the rooms. At some points with the stand up speak up, it became more of a debate where one kid would have an opinion on something and another kid would stand up and have a different opinion and they would start like going at it basically. But in a civilized Christian way, they weren't being mean to each other. It was a very civilized debate. And it was fun to watch that and it was fun to participate in that. And the teacher would just stand back and watch unless it got like too heated or something. It was a very good way of helping everyone remember like, oh, this is what like they said. This is what I agree with. And now I can remember like, this is the right answer type thing. Yeah, it sounds like both of those activities were things that made you 
think, you had to be involved, you had to um, engage in that, you had to think about it, and in doing it, it made it much more enjoyable. So those are great ideas. Now let's talk about our teachers. So think back over all your teachers. You've both had a lot of teachers. When you had a favorite teacher, I know we're not supposed to have favorites, right? But there are teachers that stick out in our minds as ones that are more memorable and ones that we really connected with. What made them your favorite? You don't have to give names, but just think about what made them a favorite in your mind. For me, it was, again, like my eighth grade history teacher. And he really just kind of like changed how things worked in the whole middle school. Like even the first day, no one, everyone was so shy. Everyone was like struggling with something and just didn't want to be there because that's how it always had been in the middle school. And he stopped that immediately. At first it was so harsh, but then we realized it was just because he cared about us when he didn't even know us yet. And the only he always just wanted us to have a very positive attitude, to always love each other and to always just go for it. And he like would make us try new things like presenting in different ways, but making it enjoyable or like speaking. Everyone in my grade at this point is probably an amazing speaker because he tried so hard to implement that in us and it really helped and it was very impactful and he would care for you. Like he wouldn't just like teach you and like say bye. He like made sure you were okay. He made sure you were understanding that he explained things very well. He made it interactive and it was so fun. I would say for me, my two favorite teachers I've had was uh, junior English, which I took over summer for summer school. So it was about half days, just one class. It was a bit more laid back because it was summer school, but you know, there was still structure to it. There were still rules to follow, but our teacher kind of just let us do whatever. As long as we stayed in our chairs, we could play games on our computers or whatever. And she was like, if you're failing, you're failing. That's on you. She kind of left it up to us because at that point we were all, you know, upperclassmen, 11th grade. She was like, I don't care what you do. If you're listening to me and getting a good grade, you know, it's fine. So that was nice for me because I got a good grade and I was, you know, I could distract myself, if you will, a little during class. And then in chemistry, our chemistry teacher, she would just bring up stuff that she knew we were interested in about science, different areas like. For me, with physics, she is also the physics teacher, so she would mention things about what's going on with like SpaceX or NASA because that stuff really interests me. And she would be like, Jonas, did you see this? Like, I have this, I can email it to you or whatever, just before class or after class. And she would do that with multiple students. Sounds like they really made an effort to connect with you, and that made a difference. So you both mentioned at some point the word care. So how do you know when a teacher really cares about you as a student? Are there any adjectives you can think of or examples? Like you say they care, but how do you know that? Well, for me, it's like you can tell, especially with middle schoolers, like on their face when they're not okay or if they're mad at someone or if they're just like frustrated or tired, like a teacher who will go to them and like personally like talk to them and say, are you okay? Is there anything you need to talk to me about? Is there anything I can do for you? It's just something like like that. Like instead of just a teacher being there to teach, they're there to connect with you and try and get to know you on a more like emotional and deeper level. And they try to become like friends with you almost. But that way, if they become friends with you, you still will have respect for them as a teacher. Normal teachers who don't try to connect with you and don't try to care for you and just are strict and mean, no one's going to want respect for them. They're not going to want that. 
They want a teacher who will connect with them, but still teach them and be fun and be good at their job. And that's going to like increase the respect. I know for me, uh, when I took biology, I was struggling on some tests around the end of first semester, a couple in a row, I was getting lower grades than normal. And my teacher just came up to me one day after class and was like, do you want to just come into my office, sit, we can look over your past few tests, see where you're going wrong and try and work it out. And I was like, that showed to me like, okay, she cares about my grades and how I'm doing. And then another one, when I was in geometry, my math teacher, I was hoping to move up into honors math the next year. And he recommended me and he pulled me aside after class and told me that I had been doing very good and he was very proud of me for my grades and that he was recommending me to go up to honors algebra the next year. Also, just teachers who are willing to like come to your sports games after school and like congratulate you then or even the next day or mention you in class like, oh, this person did really good in this sport, stuff like that. That just like really shows that they're thinking about you. They're watching. They care. Those are great insights. And I know that the teachers who are listening are taking note of these things because it's good for us to know what impacts students. So these are great, great thoughts. You guys are putting a lot of, um, I appreciate your thoughtfulness in answering these questions. So as we all know, each teacher is different and every class is different. Now, as you all have been talking, you've mentioned some classes where they let you do what you wanted to do or let loose for a while. You talked about that. And then other times it's time to sit down and get to work. For you as a student, what do you prefer? Do you prefer that let loose? Do you prefer let's have some very predictable expectations? Or do you prefer a mix of both? What do you think? I like a mix of both. I think all four of my teachers last year did such a good job with that. It was like when everyone knew that it was time to pay attention and get work done and the teacher implemented that, we could all do it. And we had respect for that because when it was when we all realized, oh, there is a small amount of time here where we can like talk for a little bit or just like do a random activity or something like that. Everyone realized we're allowed to do that. And the teacher says, go ahead, but like still keeps it under control. And then we can get back to work. And that will just like implement more respect. And for most kids, like sometimes kids won't be able to handle that after a while. Like they're going to have a little bit bit of free time and then go back to doing work and they're still going to be going crazy. And that might be true at first, but once you get into a rhythm, it's very easy to keep it calm, but the teacher still has to be strict and like let people know I'm your teacher, I'm the leader here. If you keep going crazy, then we're going to have to talk. And that's what a lot of my teachers did last year and at the end of the year everyone ended up being able to say the same thing that they loved all the teachers. They all had fun and they all had some sort of respect for them because they showed their leadership, but they also showed their friendship towards us. I would say for me, it's both, but it leans more to a more lenient approach where they kind of let you do a bit of whatever you want. For me, my mind moves very quickly. It's just how God made me. So having the teacher in the background and I'm listening to him, but I'm just able to kind of process the information a bit better. And to me, them kind of not really caring what you do as and as long as you're getting good grades and like you know you're sinking your own ship if you're not paying attention at all kind of shows me that they believe in us to be mature and to know when to not play a game when something's important when to highlight it in your notes when to take your notes and stuff but also having 
a bit more of a structure and having a time where, okay, like you need to listen. If you're playing games, you need to pause them for now. Like this is important. We need to talk about this. It, it is helpful to have that, but I do like a bit more of a lenient approach to it. Yeah, I hear how you both pointed out predictability. You know what the teacher expects. You kind of know where that line is and a balance of having both. There's a time for both. And I like that. Those, those are great things to point out. So let's talk about now what you are facing as a student in a Christian school. So I think we can all agree on the fact that being in a Christian school doesn't mean that you are in a perfect school or everyone who is there is perfect. Obviously not because we're there, right? So talk to me about what are some of the pressures you feel even in a Christian school? Maybe these are pressures from friends or making certain choices. What are you seeing causes pressure for you? I would say definitely striving for academic excellence and having a good grade. I think like once you hit the top 40% of my class, the GPA difference is like 0.1 or 0.01 different just because my class is full of a lot of really smart people. And so it gets very competitive. And also, not for me as much as some of my other friends, following the rules. And a lot of Christian schools have a lot of rules because it's a Christian school. We want to be modest. We want to be clean in our speech. We want to, you know, obey our authority. So I know that's definitely something I can struggle with at times and my friends have struggled with. I would say the same thing, especially with like public school kids coming just like even a lot of them aren't Christians, you can tell because they're coming from a public school where they're teaching stuff that we wouldn't teach here. They don't want that stuff to be taught to them, but and that's why they're coming here. But they also don't believe in Christianity. And it's hard to be start to be surrounded by that and have kids doing stuff that we would never do. But it's also great, too, because a lot of kids in my grade, too, are pretty smart, but they also tend to unknowingly brag about their grades. And some kids don't have to work for their grades. Other kids do. Like I have always had to work very hard to get a, an A or like an A minus on a test. I have to do a lot of studying. If I don't study the night before, there's a good chance I'm not going to get a good grade. But a lot of kids, it comes naturally to them in my grade and they'll go around bragging about it. Some knowing that they are, some not really realizing it. So it's like, even just things like, I can't believe I got an A and not an A plus on that test. And there's a kid right there who got like a C. It's, it's just kind of like reminding kids to be considerate of others around them. Like, be sure to remind your like students, not everyone is getting perfect grades. You have to be considerate of what you say. You have to think before you speak, especially about that kind of stuff. Because some people really do want grades but they might be like dyslexic and have to try really hard or just like flat struggle with it because that happens a lot. And so it's just like, especially middle school age, people are starting to like think and mature a little more and we should be able to just like decide, should I say this or not? So just encouraging kids to do that. I will say along the lines of people from public schools coming in who aren't saved, not that all of them aren't, but the ones that do is having a good testimony. Because growing up in a Christian school, we can get used to it. Just the rules are part of it. We just follow them and we can, you know, make fun of the people who aren't saved. You know, we can become just as bad as them in another way because we're excluding them. We're making fun of them, talking bad about them behind their back because they're not saved. They're breaking the rules and we're better than them. And that is something that my friend group as a whole has struggled with. 
because we're a pretty close group of us and we have tended to look down on people before and that is something as a group we've tried to fix but it is definitely making sure they feel included and being a good testimony so hopefully you can lead them to christ Right, exactly. I could definitely see how those there would be a lot of pressure around those things that you mentioned. So let's that my next question has kind of two parts to it. So the world around us is changing quickly. And I I know even in education you probably are seeing some of that. The schools are changing. Talk to me about what do you see are some of the changes? Um, not necessarily even specifically in just your school, but maybe in education in general and in the world around you. And then Thinking about that, what would you love your teachers or your principal to know? Like things that might be concerning to you or changes that are happening that you don't want to see brought into education environment while you're trying to learn. Can you think of any of those things that you're seeing around you that are troubling to you as a student? And what would your message be to your teachers? Well, I mean, like, obviously, a lot of something that's becoming very popular these days is social media at such a young age. And there's so many kids in my grade that have it, and it causes them so much anxiety and depression. And it's not something that I have, and it's not something that I want because of that. But I think it's always good for a teacher to speak out against it. And if they notice a kid really struggling with something, and the teacher knows that they have social media, they could say, hey, if you thought about taking a break from this, it might help. Stuff like that, just like not encouraging it. That's great, Ivy. Those are good thoughts. Jonas, anything you can think of? Social media is definitely one of those things where I think having it at a younger age is a bad thing. I mean, I'm only 17. I still have much to learn. But from what I have experienced, it doesn't do anything good. Um, I've never had it. And I'm thankful for that because I don't struggle with anxiety or depression like some people do. Well, But also the use of phones. We have a no phone rule. We're not supposed to use it when the bell rings at eight. We can't use it till we get out at 310. But also teachers, when they see someone using a phone, and our old assistant principal used to do this, he had a phone cage, like a little jail cell for phones, and he would take the phone away and put it in there. And, you know, it seems kind of like this little childish kind of thing. But I think it also really helps drive home, like, you're not supposed to be using your phone. I'm going to put it in here. You're not getting it back. And I've had some teachers who will do that. They'll take it away or they'll take your computer away if you're messing around on it and they won't give it back. And then I've had other teachers who kind of see it and just like ask you to put it away and they kind of forget about it. Just feel like actually taking a bit of some sort of action against it is very helpful. Yeah, you all are definitely growing up in a world that is just marinating in technology. It's, it's everywhere. And I love that you brought up Social media, because that is a pressure. We could have talked about that. Um, It's something that you definitely, you're going to see every day. Technology is all around you and bringing that into school has to be in an appropriate way. And I love that you, that's a great bit of advice for teachers is to think about how they're handling um, technology, social media, even just the use of technology in school and classes and how they deal with it when there's a misuse of it. So those are, that's great insight. Now, there's a difference between learning about God in the Bible and learning to live the Bible and in a way that honors God. Talk to me about some ways that your teachers have helped you learn to live in a way that honors the Lord. Not just a Bible class, do this, do that, but even outside of Bible class, how are they teaching you to live in a way that honors God? I would say first from a Bible class perspective, uh, 
in our Bible class for junior year, it was going over world religions and comparing them to Christianity, but he would take time after each lesson to show what that looked like practically in the mission field, you know, versus comparing it to Mormonism, Judaism, Islam, Catholicism. So that was always really helpful to see. And he would also use that to show us what we should be doing as Christians, you know, scripture based in scripture. And then also outside of class, when it's lunchtime or something, a teacher just coming up to you and maybe talking about something theological from scripture is always nice. And they can show you because they're older, much wiser than we are. And they can point out, okay, well, you think this, you know, that's not 100% right. You're on the right track. This is what it actually looks like and what it should look like. Um, for me, it would be anything just as small as like a teacher praying before class and sharing their own prayer requests and their own experiences, but also making sure they know your prayer requests and like just writing it on the board, like so-and-so is struggling with this or so-and-so's mom is sick, stuff like that. It just kind of shows they're caring and they do have a relationship with God. My math teacher, she would always share her morning devotion before math class. We would take like 15 minutes before class and prayer and the Bible. And that was different. I hadn't really had that before. Most teachers just say, all right, let's get started and start teaching. She sat down and talked with us about the Bible and we were able to interact with that and talk about and share our opinions or experiences. And that was really helpful. But I think there's one thing I would probably change about like how we learn the Bible at school is in Bible class, it is almost too structured sometimes. Basically, like forcing a kid to have to do a prayer journal, that should be done. But it's different when you're grading it, or it's different when you're grading it based on how much they write in their prayer journal. If it's a small passage, there's not going to be much to write. And it's going to be hard for them when you don't give them a good grade. So you have to be careful to connect with them in the Bible class instead of just reading through the Bible or reading through the book. Talk about it. So I hear a theme of be authentic. If you have a message for teachers when it comes to how are we going to learn how to live in a way that honors the Lord, not just sitting in Bible class and you know, working through scriptures, which is so important. I'm not downplaying that at all. But as teachers, being authentic, being real and sharing their lives with you all, um, talking with you about scripture outside of class, uh, encouraging you in your walk with the Lord to be authentic and be real, not just something for an assignment or to check off a box. And I think that's wonderful. It's great advice. So you both have been so helpful. You've been so thoughtful in your answers. I mean, really transparent. And I'm so grateful for that. I have one last big question for you. I want you to see if you can boil this way down. We have a lot of teachers who are listening to this podcast and they are looking for ways that they can grow and be better teachers themselves. So what advice, as we sign off for today, what bit of advice could you give them so that they could be the best teachers possible? What would you say? Be personal and be fun. Mix it up. And if you see a student struggling, go talk to them. And always even ask your class, like, what would help you guys do better? You know, not just being personal with one student, but be personal with the whole class. It's Your class is kind of like your family especially in a high school setting, you know, what makes your class happy? What do you guys do? Do fun things together. Just try and find those things that help you guys connect because it just makes it so much more enjoyable. 
for the students and for the teachers as well. Be open, have an open mind and be positive and don't forget how you were at our age. Great advice. We definitely need to remember that because we were all there at one time and we have to remember how we would have wanted to be treated. So top notch, you guys. Thank you for that excellent advice. Jonas Ivy. thank you again for taking time to be on the podcast and for answering so many questions, but so carefully and so thoughtfully. What you have shared has been so helpful. And I know that the teachers who are listening have learned a lot about how you as a student learns, um, what you enjoy. And I know that they've gotten some great ideas as I have as well. So you are so helpful today. Thanks for taking time to be on the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today. I hope you were challenged and encouraged as I was. Remember to go to teachereditionpodcast.com to submit questions for our upcoming episodes. Of course, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media. Now, it's time to get back to your day. But it's not just any day. Every day in the classroom is your day to impact and inspire through God's power and through His grace working in you. So go do what God has called you to do. 